guys. Welcome back to the Vineyard. I'm Leanne. Y'all ready now? My birthday is June 12th. You guys know what to do. First announcement, OMY, September 1st, 6.30 a.m. OMY is coming September 1st, 6.30, meeting at the church. Second, movie night is September 3rd. We're showing Peter Rabbit 2 with popcorn. Yeah! Last one. The Chosen Group is still meeting Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you guys want to come, then come. And I have child care. You see me a lot. Bye! This way, no this way. All right, Vineyard Virtual Family, here we go. Are you ready? We're going to be hopping into worship. It was great earlier, so really looking forward to that with you. Then I'll be in our message, part 20. I'm talking about a great story out of Numbers 21, so get your Bibles ready for that. And uh, here we go. Are you ready? Good morning. Hey. How's it going? Good. Welcome. I, uh, I went to start, and I had a, a button press that made me very quiet, so I had to press that again. That's a secret microphone, so well, it's, you can just boss everybody on stage around, and you guys can't hear See, I'm going to use it right now. There we go. Can you take that button home and use it home? It'll just go right to your head. <laughs> Unfortunately, now I can see that, so we, we have uh, these screens in the back that tell me what to do, because, you know, I've only done this a couple times, but um, it's very small font, don't look back there, and, uh, <laughs> so, but now it's nice and clear, so anyway, uh, that's enough small talk, let me tell you what we will be doing today, we start our services here at the Vineyard with communion, and Pastor Fran will be leading us with that uh, after communion, we'll have our time of worship, and then uh, Pastor Georgina will come up to teach the children a Bible verse, and my dad will have our sermon for today. It's Are You Ready? Part 20, so it's nearing the, the end of this big series. Very good. So before we jump in, let's pray, and then we'll get started. Oh, would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you come now, and would you fill this place, God? Would you open our hearts? To receive your great and abundant love for us, God. We want to encounter you more and more and more. And Heavenly Father, we're always so thankful for this opportunity to gather here and to fellowship and to worship you. You are so good, God. So would you move now in new and mighty ways on our congregation, And Lord, we join with the churches who are all over the world proclaiming your gospel with this collect. Almighty and eternal God, you are always more ready to hear than we are to pray. And you are willing to give more than we desire or deserve. Pour out your mercy upon us for giving us those things that cause us to feel guilty and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask except through the intercession of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Fran, would you please celebrate communion for us? On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Say, Mary, took the cup. It's the last night of the Passover celebration. Cups of plagues and sanctification and poured and celebrated. 
Jesus took the third cup, which cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There were his friends that night. Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance, remembrance that we call communion, the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, when we get together and partake in this meal, I want to remember me. So his friends gather this morning. We too can partake in this meal. The bread and the cup, the bottom of the Lord. We remember and give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. Remember how he died and rose again. Remember with all thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table, the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, by and by the Lord. Tables open this morning to all who believe. Says we worship and you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. So we're gonna enter into our time of worship now, and I would encourage us all to lift our voices and to sing out in this time. If you're joining us online, please, you know, chat hallelujah, amen. Sing out in your living room. Join us. If we're here now, I can hear you guys. And it's always so encouraging when we lift our voices up together. We'll see the lyrics pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. He is always faithful, amen. One, two, three.
are so, so thankful for your presence here now. You are so good, Lord. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I would ask that you would be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I would ask that you'd be with those working with our children. Anoint them, God. Give them everything they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Wow. Hi, boys and girls. Hi. So excited that you're here. You're going to learn an amazing thing today in Sunday school. So we are still talking about the last book of the Bible, Revelations, right? And this time... It's an amazing vision that God gave to John, the Apostle John. In his vision, he saw a big, huge throne, right? And someone sitting on it, right? And then he saw, set, he saw four flying creatures, right? And these creatures all day and all night, they would, they would praise the Lord and they would say, I know, it's so exciting. And they will say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Yes, the one who was and is and is to come, right? He's coming back, they would say. And then as they were saying that the elders, because they were around the throne in their own little thrones, right? They were saying things like, "We, you know, um, God, you are worthy, right, of all honor, of all glory, of all praise, because you created all things. So there was a lot of worship going on. And all of a sudden, right, the person that was sitting on the throne on his right hand had this, a scroll with seven seals. Do you see seven seals, right? Yeah, you can count them, I know. And, yeah, and then they heard an angel scream, really loud and was like oh no who is worthy right who is good enough to open the scroll right hi and and guess what happened they found no one that was good enough to open the scroll no one right except one of the elders said do not weep to john right the lion of the king of judah the root of david he has triumphed he is the only one that can open the scroll Right? And the seven seals. So Jesus took it and everyone right away fell down at Jesus' feet and started to worship him and sing a new song. And guess what, guys? Everything and everyone will one day worship Jesus. Everyone. Isn't that amazing? I know. I'm so excited. Okay. So you guys ready to say the Bible verse? Good. Okay. Revelation. Repeat after me. Revelations 5.5. Five. Revelations 5.5. Five. Excellent job, good job. Okay. Then one of the elders said to me, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Do not weep. Very good. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David. The root of David has triumphed. Has triumphed. He is able. He is able. He is able. Yes. To open. To open the scrolls, the scrolls and the seven seals. Seven seals. 
Excellent job, Jackson. Great job, guys. That was it. You did so good. I love it. Okay, guys, so let's bow, let's close our eyes and bow our heads because we're going to pray for you. You guys ready? All right, big boys. Father in heaven, thank you so much, Lord God, for sending Jesus, Lord, to take away our sins, Father. And God, I just pray that the little ones will understand, Lord God, that one day, Lord, everything and everyone will worship you, Lord. And I pray that their voices will join you in that too, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, go have fun. If the, uh, if the windows in your car are open, you're, it just got a bath on the inside. Just so you know. <laughs> no extra charge. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you here. Welcome to those of you joining us online in a, uh, on a wonderful August day in the Keys. And with a perfectly placed thunder boom while Georgina was talking about Revelation 5. I love it when that happens. I hope it gives you a clue. You know, we were worshiping. I, how blessed are we that we get to gather, that we get to worship, that, that we get to fellowship. And I, I can't help but say, and I, I, I don't, but the, the church in Afghanistan just on my heart. And sometimes I feel like when we're together, we, because they can't, we have to remember that and we have to do it for them. And uh, just with them. And, and no matter what they're going through, they can join in to what's happening around the throne. But we never want to lose sight of that. So keep them in your prayers and all over the world. just to, And never forget how blessed we are. You know, I mean, wow. We can make it something else. We can get caught up in a lot of things. We are beyond blessed that just for this and uh, the goodness of God. If you're a first time guest or visitor, welcome. And um, that little thing that's up just popped on the screen, that's a QR code. If you took your smart device and pointed it at that with a camera on, it would have a little thing that popped up that you could push and then you'd be into our digital connect card. And it asks you for your name and your uh, email address and your phone number. If you would do that, well, over the next four or five weeks, you'll get a couple of texts from us and a couple of emails just telling you about the church and welcoming you. And um, we have a, also have a gift for first-time guests and visitors. If you didn't get one on the way in after service, just go back to guest services, and they, they have a little gift for you. And we're glad you're here, and, and uh, it's neat to be able to be together. We're in a series, so if you are a first-time visitor, you need to go back and watch the first 19. <laughs> Do it now. And, uh, no, I'm just teasing. It's a little joke. We're heading towards the end. It's, look, this series has been about hope. And, and it all started with this thing that Peter says, be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. And the world needs hope. And, and we, so we need to know why we're hope-filled people. And we, we looked at Revelation 21, the first five verses, and, and just as you see the picture of what's going to happen, 
that the picture is better than a lot of people have imagined because it doesn't end with us uh, floating off on a cloud with a harp. It's a picture of, of New Jerusalem, heaven coming to be with earth, reunited the earth, restored. We get new physical bodies and we, we get to continue on forever in what was supposed to happen at creation where God's going to dwell with us and we're going to partner with him and, and that's how it's going to go. It's going to be amazing. And we have that to look forward to. Uh, and so that changes things a little. That's the hope we have. And when you understand that to be the hope, you, you can then look back through the cross and resurrection. And the, the scripture just opens up and gives you all the reasons for hope that you need. Uh, and that a lot of people haven't read the scripture like that. And so we're, we're talking about some big themes that you can get a hold of, like exile and exodus and tabernacle and temple and what it means. And, and that heaven and earth, are, are, they're not millions of miles apart. They're, they're connected. They overlap. And we've looked at the overlaps. And we've been talking about the kingdom of God lately. And whenever I say kingdom of God, don't think that I'm always talking about heaven. I'm not. I'm talking about the rule and reign of God. I'm talking about God being king on earth as in heaven, and that all of these are the pictures that we've been working through. Last week, um, so I'm, I'm winding up this series by going back and talking about these amazing points that I, I really think that you need to have in you, these pictures, so that we actually can go out, and next week we'll be looking at the Great Commission stuff, we understand what this messages that we have and how hopeful it is that we really understand it that we're not trying to um Chris, this this thing is not about us just trying to be good people so we can get to heaven it's about us coming to know jesus and his life impacting us now so that we can be more fully human and partner with him to impact the world forever and and so it's it's different than what we've expected and last week i talked about how how Jesus, how he deals with the two things that came in at the fall. Remember I said at the fall, two powers came in. And I wanted you to think of them that way. Power of sin, power of death. And that's what the enemy's been using to have dominion. But Jesus comes and breaks that and he defeats power of sin and the power of death. And, and so last week we talked about how he brings the power of life. That's the eternal life. When you don't, when you read eternal life, don't think, oh, that's back then. No, that's... God's eternal life breaking into now. And it defeats the power of death. The power of death could not contain the power of life in Jesus. And so he walks through death and comes out on the other side, upgraded, new creation. That's what we talked about. Well, this week, I want to talk about how he defeats the power of sin. And, and you've, you, these are things that you have to really sort of begin to think about and press through and understand on our journey. So I could have started preaching right then, but I need to stop. Because that's intro stuff. Oh, I've got these really bad dad jokes, too. Yeah, well, you may not be so happy after we're done. Here we go. When does a, a joke become a dad joke? When the punchline becomes apparent. When does the punchline become apparent? After the delivery. Now, so I, I was getting these, these shocks, and they were happening at the grocery stores, in particular when I touched the shelf. This is true. Cans, anything. I get those little shocks, and I, I hated it. Fortunately, I, I'm, I'm glad that that's no longer happening. Needless to say, I'm ecstatic. All right, this was my favorite, but it didn't work last service. 
So my wife said, perhaps I didn't enunciate clearly. What's made of brass and sounds like Tom Jones? Trombones. <laughs> I guess it just doesn't work, but I think it's wonderful. I'm so sorry. I tried. I Trombones. thought. Maybe, yeah. How do they not think that's funny? I, I, how, I've how laughed they... in my office all week. I think about trombones and just start to laugh. Yeah, oh, I know. It's a sad thing. You're... I don't know what to tell you, hon. We tried. I tried to tell you how to do it better, that maybe you could get a laugh. Wasn't happening. Anyway, trombones. Trombones, thank trombones. you. I know. Let's press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Oh, Lord, thank you for meeting us in worship, Lord, and thank you for meeting us in laughter as well. Father, we know that your love is as high as the heaven and your righteousness, Lord, reaches the skies. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness to us every day. Father, I thank you that your justice is like the deep. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would preserve your people all over the world, including here, Lord, and including everywhere where they're hurting and they're suffering, Lord. We love you so much, and we believe that you hear us when we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? This is the book of Numbers, which, of course, was authored by Moses. And these are the children. This is chapter 21, and the children are in the desert. This is 21, 4 through 9. They traveled from Mount Or along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Did you like that? Did I do that? Okay. There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You can be seated. That passage, uh, I'm going to explain it more towards the end of the sermon. But I was, every time we read it, I think people are looking at it like, that's not good. <laughs> I, I want to jump in and go, whoo, but I, what, I don't think so. My wife and I were teasing earlier, that's the do not complain about what you get for dinner passage. <laughs> Ever. I just thought, when, so my, we've been married 39 years yesterday. And uh, I know, yeah. And, and uh, when we were first married, I, rem- my, I was going to tell him about the pizza one. Is that okay? Do I permit? Because she's a great cook now. 
she brought me dinner one day to work, and it was a piece of pizza. And I was hungry, and I was really happy. Because so, normally, she was they were bringing pretty good dinner. A pizza, okay. And, and I remember, it wasn't good. It, and, and it was really salty. I ate it anyway and was thankful, because that's what you're supposed to do. And then I was sick for two days. <laughs> and I, I finally said something wasn't right. She said, I think I used garlic salt instead of garlic powder or something. <laughs> I ate it. See, that's what you do. It's not what the Israelites did. But we'll talk about it. So why is that story there? Um, Just so you know, when we get to it, in John 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he brings the story up. And I used to... That, it never made sense to me, that story, for years. i got to tell you, I'd read that and try and read over it. and like, well, I don't get it. It sounds like idolatry to me, putting something on a pole and looking at it. And, but I say all that, and we'll get to it. The, today, really, what I want to talk to you about is, is how important is that we think more like Jesus. And, and so it's a big thing that Paul is telling us throughout, that we need to change our perspective, change the way we think, and that... I, I want you to understand at some level what took place at the cross and resurrection and how understanding how you fit into that and allowing that to change the way you think really begins to change everything in your life. And, and so last week we started it, and this week we, I want to continue it by talking about Jesus defeating the power of death and the power of sin, and what does that mean? And so last week we talked about him defeating the power of death, and as we did... The, the understanding that we need to have is that somehow Jesus takes us with him on the cross and through the resurrection. He's already done that for us. Paul is saying that all the time, but you can read the scripture and read over it because that doesn't make sense. But in effect, when you, when you give your life to Jesus, you die with him on the cross. He takes you there somehow. Somehow that's already happened. Look at verses that explain it. Romans 6, 5. For we have been united with him in a death like his. That means it's something we've already done with him. We'll certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. We'll talk about that soon. Um, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Something happened. With Jesus and me at the same time. And so I no longer live. I, I died with him somehow. But Christ now lives in me. The life I now live, what's happening now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. We looked at all these last week. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ. It's something that's happened. And seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Again, when you read heavenly realms, don't think, oh, that's millions of miles away. Ah, There's an overlap and... and you know, we've seen connections. Connections happen. You, Jesus was a connection point. Holy Spirit dwelling in us is a connection point. Sometimes when, when, we're, when we're worshiping, because the church is worshiping around the throne in Revelation 4 and 5 right now, we make these connections that happen. And, and these are all very real. And so what Paul is saying is that, is that death and resurrection happen along with Jesus and in Jesus, and, and somehow we're connected to that already. Continuing on in Romans 6, verse 6. For we know that our old self, 
was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We should no longer be in bondage to sin. We should no longer be living under the power of sin because of what's happened at the cross and somehow that old self died there. It was crucified there. This is a new self that lives now because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And I think some people have looked at that and go, okay, well, I'll finally be set free from sin when when I die. And what Paul is saying is somehow we've died with Jesus already and we are set free. We, we are no longer, just like we've been set free from the power of death, by the power of life, we've been set free from the power of sin to live differently now. But a lot of this is the way that we think about things and we're going to talk about that more as we press on. So... What's happened is our captivity to sin is broken. There was was once a time before you knew Jesus when you were a captive, when you were in slavery, when you were in bondage. But we have, in effect, had our exodus with Jesus, and, and he has changed that in our lives. Uh, and so um, we're, we're different because of what he's done. What we are is a new creation. Now, and, and I connect with, I, I told you this, you know, last week with Jesus. When Jesus, the upgrade, when he defeated death was he was, you know, in a new, uh, he was new creation. He's the start of new creation. He already has that amazing new body that we're waiting on. We're going to get ours, but he has it already. And, and so this new body that he has moves back and forth in between heaven and earth in, in, in that thing. And he's, you know, sort of think of, you know, heaven is not way off there. It's around us. It's the, it's sort of the control room. Jesus is there, running everything and everything on heaven and earth. And so new creation has happened in us. And, and so we need to begin to think differently. And, and you are no longer who you once were. And you have to quit thinking of yourself as your old self. You're a new self. And quit using terms to define your old self. Thank you. And, uh, Look, the enemy stole your identity. That's, the, that's what happened. At the fall, the, the authority that God had given us, he wrested away from us. And he stole our vocation and he stole our identity. And, and what he did was, God had created us to be fully human and the enemy wanted us to be subhuman. He was jealous of what was happening. That was the deal. And, and so he, we were we were in effect broken at the being level, and, and it's not so much of uh, that you sort of need to label yourself. Oh, these are the things that I did wrong because of the enemy. You just were wrong. You were just doing the things that wrong people do. But he has set you right now, and you need to start living doing the things that Holy Spirit would lead you to do the right sort of things. You've heard me say that for years, right? Do the next right thing. That, that keeps you from doing the next wrong thing. 
And the more strings of right things you do, the better off you are. And life begins to change. But you need to quit identifying with the old. See, the enemy would love to keep you trapped in an identity that's not yours anymore. And so if you think of yourself as a loser or as a, you know, I'm just a horrible sinner or, you know, I'm, I'm all these, these things that I used to be. I'm a failure. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm all those things. You're not. You're, you're different now because what Jesus has done is brought you out from under that and he's re- restored you to new creation like to the, the fully human beings you were intended to be. And, and, and so he's Reestablish your identity. You're now, once again, an image bearer, which is what you were created to be. You were created in the image of God, to reflect his image into the world. The enemy stole that, and Jesus gets it back for us at the cross, and it changes everything. And so we, we need to begin to think differently, because the enemy wants you to stay in that old thought pattern. Because he, he, oh, he's got you trapped there. Still, if you allow him to, he's lost it over you. He no longer has dominion over you, except where you sort of yield it to him. But you need to quit thinking that way. You are not those things. You're restored. Now, if we died with Christ, which is what we've seen over and over again with Paul, we believe that we will also live with him. So if we've died with him, back at the cross, we're now living with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he can't die again. I think we could all amen that. We get that. He's done it. Not what can take him down. The power of life has defeated the power of death. Nothing's going to take him down. He can't die again. Death no longer has mastery. He's defeated the power of death for all of us. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lived, he lives to God. Somehow, in his death, when he defeated the power of death, he also defeated the power of sin for us, and it's changed everything. And so Jesus is now, he's done, dealt with all that, and he's living to God. Well, Paul goes on, and he says, listen, in the same way, I like that, just, just what I, in the same way that Jesus has done what he's done, because he's taken us with him, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Count yourselves there. It's a, he's actually saying, you need to think about it. You need to contemplate this. You, you need to be connecting with this. Consider what this means, that you are now dead to sin, but you're alive to God in Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, that's when he's constantly talking about our minds being renewed and transformed. This is what he's going after. I want you to think differently. I want you to think as new creation people take off the old self put on the new self can you put on the old self well certainly you can but there's no life there amen (laughs) let's uh, let's close (laughs) see you're you're just you're no longer under the power of sin. You're different. Does that mean you won't sin? Well, uh, we haven't arrived yet. See, people get stuck here. Well, okay, then if I'm no longer under the power of sin, then I just will never sin. Well, we haven't fully changed our thinking all the way through. We are changing over time. That, so now I've been walking with Jesus 35, 30, a long time. And uh, 36 years. So, and and I would say to you that in that time, I am different than when I started. 
And there are some things that, that might have been a struggle at one point that just aren't any longer. I can't tell you that there aren't anything, because that's not true. But I'm in process. I'm learning over this period of time, yielding to the Holy Spirit, watching Him empower me to make changes and, and to change the way that I think so that I don't turn back to those things that I used to do. And see, that's the problem, is that when things get difficult sometimes, I think it's more of a trust issue than anything. We will sometimes go back to what we knew because we feel like we, at least we had some sort of control over it, although it's just a complete lie that we don't have that. And, and this is kind of how this story wraps in now with what was going on back in Numbers and that, that funny passage that I had Alice uh, read to you. And I, I want you to see that how in this, Jesus uses death to kill Sin. So, what's the story that's going on there in Numbers? Well, it's the Exodus. And God has delivered his people. They didn't deserve it. He just loves his people. And so he makes a way out for them. They've been 400 years plus in, in slavery and bondage. Horrible, horrible living is what they've been going through. And because God loves them, he shows up and he rescues them. He, you know the deal. The ten things that happened and how he leads them out and through the waters and, and into a promise. He's heading them in a promised land. And, and, and yet on this journey, see, they don't know, they don't really know God. Because they haven't, he hasn't, they haven't been connected with him in that 400 years they were in Egypt. They were under all these false gods and pharaohs and all this mess. And so God wants them to know him and he wants them to trust him. And so he takes them out into a desert. Well, and, and you think about, you've got a big group of people that the desert may not be the easiest place to be because there's nothing in the desert for them. Right? And they need to eat and they need to have water and they need to do these things. And so he brings them out to the desert, and what he does is he provides for them everything that they need. But he wants them to know that they can trust him. And so he works on that. And so he gives them water as they need it. God provides all the water they need, but as they need it. It's not like there's an abundance, but there's more than enough. There's enough. Um, food. I, I love this when, uh, you know, when I, like manna, right? So God's giving them heavenly bread. I can't wait till we get to taste some. It's gluten-free, by the way. Although it won't matter anyway. Yeah. Your new body can tolerate whatever it is. Mm. No more heartburn. I digress. Now I forgot where I was. Okay. Manna. But how does God give them manna? All the manna they want? No. All the manna they need? Yes. What's he do? Shows up every morning. They go and collect it. They get what they they collect what they need for a day. Get all that you need for the day. On the on the day that there would be a Sabbath on the and the weekend where they need to take a break, that last day they could get two days worth. Other than that, just a day's worth. What happens if they over collected manna? Do you know? Whatever the big portion was, maggots got in it. It was useless. It got horrible. I don't know about you, but I don't want to see maggots in my food, right? Well, that was, that's, it was good and bad. It frustrated them. God was providing, but they had to trust him to do that every day. You got, that's, you get every day, no bread unless God shows up with a manna. And so they didn't like that. It was one of those frustrating things. Um, uh, water, same way. Quail, you know, he would show, but you'd, you'd get what you needed. And, and I think it's funny because it, they get frustrated at, mostly because they're having to trust God every day. And that's when they make these comments. We hate this bread. We don't like the fact that there's no water. And by the way, it all tastes miserable. 
Now, it's, we know it's not true because there are accounts in Scripture where it tasted amazing, right? They're just irritable and they're not getting their own way. And, and they're, they're basically saying, we'd rather go back to the way it was. Because that's what you're used to. That's what we think about. That's our mindset. Let's go back there. We don't trust you. And we want to do it our way. So that's kind of the setup that's happening. Because God just wants his people to trust him, to know that they can love him. He's good, too. You know, he was, he's only, but they're, 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 so they get complaining. They get complaining. They get complaining. Snakes get loose. And uh, they start getting bit by poisonous snakes. And they, they start dying. And then they kind of quickly change their tune, as they would. Yeah, we shouldn't have complained about Moses or about you. Uh, and so what happens is God tells Moses, listen, they're getting bit by snakes. Take a snake, make a bronze snake, and put it up on a pole. And when anybody looks at that snake on the pole, if they've been bit by a snake, they'll live. They won't die. Now, that happens. Now, like I said, that always seemed weird to me. Why are we putting snakes on a pole and, and, and what's going on? Well... Jesus kind of clears it up for us. John clears it up as he figures it out, as he writes about this encounter that Jesus has with Nicodemus. I just think it's fascinating. So Nicodemus shows up. He's a Pharisee. I've talked about the Pharisees here a lot. Don't you write them off as evil. They, they just were stuck in the way that they thought. And Nicodemus is having, it's so good, he's having his thinking shaken up. And so he sneaks in to see Jesus at night, not going to come in the middle of the day or anything, so people see him. He's going to sneak in at night. He's a man, he was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night. Rabbi, we know, and he's talking on behalf of that, we know, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God. We get it. For no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Now, I, I just, I love that encounter. I wish I could have been there because I think the answer has nothing to do with what Nicodemus is doing there anyway. And he was talking about signs and all of a sudden Jesus says, no one can see the kingdom unless they're born again. And Nicodemus just, he doesn't know what to, he's like, what? He, he doesn't even get it. What are you talking about born again? And Jesus is tying this whole thing into how you're going to have life and be saved. And Nicodemus doesn't get it. And go read the encounter. And he's like, how can anybody be born again? You talk, we got to go back into the womb. What are you talking about? And Jesus says, no, you're not getting it all. He says, I have spoken to you of earthly things and, and you don't believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly, if I tell you what's going on? How are you going to get it if you can't get this part? And it, they, But he goes ahead and he starts telling them because it, the picture is here. To understand this, it's going to have to be revealed to you. See, that's the, that's the thing that I, I keep trying to say to folks. And one of my big encouragements, please read the Bible. Read it. Read the whole thing. Sit down and read it. And when you're finished, do it again. If it takes a year, okay, it's normal. Take a year and then make it, just read it again. Ask Holy Spirit to show you what's going on. But don't stop until you've read it, until you've read it, until you've read it. Because it's only that way that these things are there. Holy Spirit begins to reveal things to you in the scripture. And, and I can tell you now, 35 years in, I've read the book a lot. I am still seeing things that I didn't see. I wasn't ready to see or whatever. Or now they're being revealed. And I'll actually go, <laughs> I can't believe that's in the Bible. I don't think I've ever seen it before. And I know I've probably read it 50 times. I mean, a lot. What's going on? Well, but God wants to reveal these things to us. And so he's starting to talk. 
And he says, no one's ever gone into heaven except the one who's come from heaven, the Son of Man. And just, remember the story, just as Moses lifted up the snake, just like that in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Now, I don't know about you, but that never used to make any sense to me. What are you talking about? How is this anything like a snake on a stick? And snakes are bad anyway. What's the snake on a stick? Yeah. What's happening? Well, here's, here's the, the connection that Jesus makes for us. And it's so cool. So, so the, the issue was they were being bit by poisonous snakes. And so God says to Moses, take a snake, bronze a snake, put it up on the pole, and anyone who looks won't die. They just look at the cause of the problem. Okay. So, um, let me tell you the bigger story. What's happened to all of us, and that we have a, you know, a serpent in our story. Back at the fall, we were all bitten by a poisonous snake, and we've all been infected by the poison of the fall, and the end result of that poison is we all, it's death. That's what's going to happen. So what does God do, and what is Jesus talking about in this story? Well, here's this cool little verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. And this is a big verse for us. It's our mission verse, 5, 2, 1. You hear me say this stuff all the time. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. God made him to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Something's going to happen in God making Jesus sin so that we can be right with God. Our, our identity can be restored in God. It's a right in being. And, and so what is the picture that happens there? What did he do? Well, well here's, you know, it's, it's the coolest thing. So God takes this story so that you get it. And, and uh, I want to make sure that I read it properly to you so that we make this connection. So God makes Jesus sin. Sin is put on the cross. Sin is put on the pole, like in the old story. And if we look at him, we're saved from the poison of the fall. See, that's what happens to us. That's how Jesus explains salvation. That's what's going on. When we figure out that it's in Jesus and we look to him, he's the one who sets us free from the poison of the fall. And so the key idea is that Jesus is lifted up on the cross to deal with sin. And and what he does is that Jesus uses death to kill sin. So in this amazing moment, there on the cross and in the resurrection, Jesus does indeed defeat the power of death and the power of sin. Here's, here's the way I, I, I like to remember it is, is this way. So there on Calvary, God makes Jesus to become sin and he puts sin on the tree. I want you to get this picture. Jesus becomes sin. God makes Jesus sin and he puts sin on the tree. What's that the opposite of? That happened at the fall. Eve takes sin and picks it off the tree. God makes Jesus sin, puts sin back up on the tree. Sin is back on the tree, and in Christ, we're back in the garden. See, that's that's the picture. That's the story. That's what's happening. That's what we live from. That's what you have to think about. Because next week, we're going to get into Matthew 28, and how we're supposed to take this and tell people... We, we have more than, here's the rules you need to follow to get to heaven. That's not the people we are. We're the people that have eternal life now and forever. God has broken in and changed everything. And, and we're restored and set free. And we're no longer in bondage to that mess. We get to live different lives as fully humans now. That's what changes the world. 
That's the hope of the world. That's the hope that we have. And, and, and so that's the message that we are talking about and will continue to talk about as we press into next week. But let me finish there. Alice, come on up. Let's, uh, let's just pray and listen for the Lord. And we'll dismiss. And maybe there's a break in the rain to get people out. Papa, you're amazing. And, and I think sometimes in the midst of the difficulties in life, the stresses of life, the, the frustrations of life, our own impatience, we sometimes kind of go back and we look to things that bring no life. They, they may bring some sort of momentary something, but it's false. And yet, God, if we will look to you, focus on you, fix our eyes on Jesus, there's hope. And so, Lord, help us to, to live by doing the next right thing. Help us to know that, that when we do mess up and go back, we just need to come running to you. And that you love us and forgive us and empower us to do the next right thing. But that you're for us. You're for, I think somebody just needs to know, listen, yes, um, when, when you do mess up, which happens, you just need to go running to Jesus. That's, that's what you need to do. Some of you just need to go running to Jesus, and I think you're hesitating because you've messed up, and it's like you've messed up again, and that's your thinking. I've messed up. I can't believe I've messed up again. I told him the last time I wasn't going to do it again, and I've done it again, and now I can't go. And that's a lie from the pit. I just want to break that off of you right now, and I'm just telling you right now, just go to Jesus, and he's going to wrap you up in his arms and tell you how much he loves you. 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 See, he, he did the cross. He did it for you. He who had no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. We might become his righteousness. The Holy Spirit will change us over time. But know that in the process, as Holy Spirit is working in us, when you don't do the right thing, when you, when you go in a wrong direction, you just come back to Jesus and he loves you and will empower you to do the right thing. Find freedom in that. The enemy's been beating you to death with a lie. God, just set them free right now from that lie. Break it off of them now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to articulate something that the Lord wants me to share with you. And forgive me if I don't do it very well. But in, in worship, when we're worshiping, and there's, there's people struggling with you, feel this emotion come on you. And it's just the Holy Spirit. It's the Lord. And you want to run away from it. You get like stiff and embarrassed. And the Lord just wants you to know today that 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 scared, that he, he knows you better than anyone else. And when he comes to you, he's going to, he's all truth. That's why you want to push it away because it's so intimate and it, it's so real. He knows your DNA. He knows everything. But if you would just, Relax and know that he's gonna, he loves you and when he comes close to you, it is because he loves you. You can't be the friend of God 
until you have the fear of God. The friendship and the fear kind of go hand in hand. And, and he knows you who you are to the, your very DNA. And he loves you, like Steve said. And then one more. I, I just had this picture this week of an older lady sitting at home crying and crying and crying. And the Lord wants you to know today, whoever you are, wherever you're at, that he has saved up every tear. And that he's turned them into diamonds and put them in your crown of glory. And when you get to heaven and you see your crown, it's going to be so beautiful. And you just take it off and give it back to him. Amen. Amen. All right. This journey starts with Jesus. I know I say that every week, but don't not hear me say it. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't, I don't know what else to say. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? It's, it's where everything changes. And it's just like they did all the work at the cross. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Do it today if you haven't done it. Best decision you will ever, ever make. Thanks again, church, for your generosity. You're awesome. Thank you for your faithfulness, your giving, tithing, offering, all the wonderful things that you do. We love partnering with you. And uh, you, you guys are just awesome and amazing. Let's sing doxology and get you out of here. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. We love you guys. Trombones. Goodbye. Now they laughed a little, kind of. It was a groan. Love you guys. God bless you. Be safe. Um, and, and next week we'll be in Matthew 28. Hey, shameless plug. Wednesday, uh, Steve and I are going to be doing the, what's it called now? Coffee. On tap. Coffee with Steve. I don't know. Yeah, Steve, and I, Steve and I are doing it. He's going to teach. I'm going to tell a story. So we'll see you all then. Talking about the Psalms. That's it's right. going to be good. That's all right. right. Love you guys. Bye-bye.